Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Real Estate Podcast, where we talk about how to be uncommon, how to live uncommon. We can be like everybody else and do just a couple transactions a year, only get paid on those transactions, or we can be uncommon, which means we do a lot of business. And then we take that business and we make money and we take that money and turn it into things that make money for us because wealth is when your money works harder than you do. So with that said, um, I've got my buddy Al here, and I am so excited because he is an attorney who specializes with probate, uh, figures out how to make title that is crazy and going nuts, how to calm it down. And, and I think the term is quiet title, which, man, I wish uh, if, if he could do that with my children, I'll tell you, then, then we've got, uh, anyway, that's a terrible joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> how do you start off a podcast with a joke like that? Anyway, uh, everybody's going to tune out. Sorry, guys. Uh, but with that said, um, yeah, I'm just really excited about that. But I do want to say, you know, we're in the, I, I just got word back on our analytics. We're in the top 11% of all podcasts, um, which is good. You know, we're just outside 10% and I, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, being in the, uh, top 1%, you know, that's where I am as far as my income. That's where I am. As far as a lot of my other businesses, I want to be the 1%. And so we're working on leveling up this podcast. So one, I would ask that if this has been a blessing to any of you guys, um, if you wouldn't mind giving us an honest review, that would be really, really helpful. And if you wouldn't mind sharing with any of your friends, um, what, uh, what this has meant to you, that'd be great. And, and please, um, jump in the Facebook group. Tell us if there's any questions we can answer for you, any way we can help you level up. Please do that. I think that'd be awesome. Well, with that said, um, I don't want to waste any more of this time that we have together with, with my boy, Al. So Al, tell us a little bit about yourself. What brought you to where you are? Um, obviously, you know, you got into law school. What made you decide, um, that this is what you want to do? I mean, you have you could be chasing ambulances. You could be doing like a thousand different things. What made you decide probate is the world to go to? And then um, we'll, we'll change gears to get into the fact, into how can people um, not only do more probate deals, but how can they find them? How can they connect with attorneys like you? How can they just do stuff where they can level up their business? So that's kind of the uh, agenda of the show. So boom, let's start here. Al, tell us about yourself. Chris Craddock, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm, I'm honored and humbled to be on your podcast, Top 11%. Let's frame it that way, the top 11%. Uh, you're, you're right in there. So, I mean, keep killing it with your audience and, um, and everybody that's on. So I'll share my story about how I even got into this. And for everybody out there, my name is Al Nicoletti. I'm an attorney here in Florida. I am crushing it on probate. I love the probate niche and the weird, funky, crazy title things that come up like Chris was talking about when it comes to like crazy things that pop up in your deals. We're here to dissect the problem, find the solution and see if it can make sense for everybody involved. So been doing this hard for like five years now, Chris. Um, you know, I, 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 you can see the violin in the back, naturally musician wasn't even into law when I was in college and stuff. I was always a musician and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just said, you know what, maybe go to law school, right? Maybe I'll take violin and 
uh, uh, law and then do some kind of entertainment law. Uh, well, come to find out, you know, the entertainment law niche is like, you got to know, you got to know, you got to know. It's so super niche and tiny and probably a lot behind the computer uh, stuff that we didn't know. I thought I'd be out there more. So went, in, went into a different direction. And it was sometime around like sitting for the bar and after the bar that I realized that real estate kind of was interesting to me. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I knew I just, it just sounded interesting. The concepts were interesting. It, it grabbed me, right? Like you got to go to things that really grab you. And uh, when I, when I passed the bar, got out of school, I took a job with one of my uh, old friends, his dad, uh, we were in a quartet playing violin back in high school and college. And um, I, I jumped in his firm and all he was doing was foreclosures and title foreclosure defense and title stuff. And really got into that world, right? Jumped into it. I had no idea what I was doing. Right. So multiple themes here. It's not even just Al doing probate. It's like, you know, relating to what you're doing in your world. Like we, I just jumped into, it. I had no idea what was going on. And um, about, you know, a year and a half in, I was getting my feet wet. We're going to court. We're doing things. We're learning about foreclosure stuff and dabbled in probate a little bit, dabbled in it. Not, not as much as I am now, obviously, like I'm deep in it, down in. And um, my best friend, when we were in school, he moved to Jacksonville. And, um, and I tell the story on many podcasts, but it, it's, it's, it's a crazy story because it's like one of those things where you always go back to the roots of how did this begin? How did this even start? Like the origin story of, of, my, of my path. And it was when he came down to visit me. And at the end of our trip, before he leaves, he was telling me about this world of probate, about the opportunity that there was that so many people out there have never gone through it and they need to go through it, but they don't have, they don't have a solution. They don't have a, a Chris Craddock or somebody to come along to say, Hey, I'll buy your house. I'll pay for your attorney's fees. And by the way, you got to get this done, but don't worry, we're going to make it easy for you. They didn't have somebody to come along. Right. So at the time, you know, he's explaining it to me and I didn't grab it at first, right? And we're not all supposed to ex expect it to grab the concept at first, but you know, what you want to do is research it. So I researched it for a while, didn't think anything of it, kind of passed it off to the side. Then about a year, he comes back down and he goes, what did you find out? And I was like, I honestly, I still don't get it. I still don't know what you're seeing. And it was then that I saw the opportunity about thousands and thousands and thousands of properties distressed, foreclosure, tax deed, tax delinquent, all these opportunities where these heirs had never gone through the probate process and they want to sell. They wanted to get rid of the property. They wanted to make money, but they didn't have the opportunity. They didn't have somebody to come along and give a solution to their problem. So it was then that we formed a model where we were able to say, hey, we'll wait until close to get paid. We do these things efficiently. The buyer's going to go ahead and get under contract with you. You work out terms with them, and we'll get this thing done. And then that's when it really started and kicked off for me because I really kept going through this with multiple realtors. I was in Miami. Investors didn't click in, in, that, in that world until um, same best friend working up in Jacksonville, he's like, you know, Al, if you moved up here and you did what you did down in Miami, in Jacksonville, you'd kill it. You, you, would, you would spread the message. You, you would really dominate the market. And I thought, you know, I'd like to see that firsthand. I made the move, Chris. I didn't even think twice about it. When I got that opportunity, it's, it's, it's just so many themes in the story, right? Opportunities and real estate. But I got that opportunity. And I took it. 
And since then, fast forward four or five years later, I have been going hard at it, speaking on it, solving problems, getting through the issues, uh, telling the stories behind the problems. And because I've been able to amass probate after probate, 250 probates in the last three, four, five years, oh, definitely over the last three years, 250 probates, I've been able to tell the stories on how we solve these things. And so went from lawyer to lawyer, marketer, podcaster, influencer, educator, and able to help people figure out how we get through these deals. So Al, let's start just at the very basics, right? The 101, and I'm sorry for those that already understand this, um, but let's just spend like two minutes on this because I know we've only got 15 minutes left uh, in, you know, in the block here. So two minutes on this. Um, describe what is probate and what is, uh, and, 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 you know, who has to go through probate? Um, yeah, just, just explain just the one-on-one version of what is it and who has to go through probate. Chris, amazing question. And it was never more important than the other day when I got a call from a seller. So if you're, if you're taking notes, take notes on this because this mattered on a deal three days ago. What is probate? Somebody owned the real estate. It's in their name. Okay, whether they're, they're on the whole interest, maybe they're a partial interest, they own it, it's in their name, no magic language on the deed. They die. Now, in order to transfer the interest of what they had to whoever the true heirs are, whether will or no will, to move the title over to those people, there's a paperwork process in court called probate. It's moving the title over. Now we get the order. Now they can sell. They can convey, they can transfer, they can do whatever they want with that property. And that's all it is, Chris. And it's all about title insurance in the world of real estate because title companies want to make sure that they get all the heirs, that nobody's coming back and making claims on these properties. So if they're, just to be clear, because this was something that I learned the hard way, if there's a will that clearly gives my property to my children, I don't have the children. I die. My wife dies and in everything that has to happen um, actually goes there. My children can't automatically have possession and then sell the property immediately. Is that what you're saying? I just want to be make sure everybody understands this. So always make sure in your state, wherever you are, right, wherever you're located, get with get with a, an Al Nicoletti, get with somebody that does this stuff in their state. But in Florida, we have it where if there's a will, it still has to go through probate. So when that seller is telling you, hey, we got it right here, it even says for us to sell it. No, no, no. You still got to go through it. Okay. Now you work with a lot of investors um, and Jeff, uh, our, our co-host Jeff, who uh, is out there making mad cash for us and uh, um, just looking at it. He's just crushing it. Um, he just got back from an appointment. So um, he is, he's with us here now, uh, but he is, uh, you're saying regardless, people have to go through probate. So um, tell us a little bit about how these buyers that you're working with or these real estate agents or investors, like how are they making money by looking at probate and how is finding somebody like you or somebody that's gone through your, your course or your program um, helpful for these, these either real estate agents or buyers? And we've got some questions we'll, yeah. we'll jump on here in a second. 
Yeah. I mean, what, some of the best ways that people are finding these are public records are huge, but I mean, foreclosures, tax deeds, tax delinquents, distressed properties, code violations. Why? All of these have their indicators, their red flags, like with code violations, the only reason they're getting code violations, the grass is getting tall. Probably nobody's living in the property. It may be a vacant property. And what's the reason it's vacant? They left, they abandoned it, or uh, they're dead. So those could be opportunities for probate or pre-foreclosures. They forgot to pay, they can't pay, they're dead. So you have these opportunities in these lead listings um, when it comes to tax delinquents and uh, maybe even fire damage. Sometimes the property could be fire damaged or um, check to see if the electric's uh, not being paid or the water bill is off. Water utilities, when it's turned off, there's probably a reason. Maybe the family knows that they don't want to keep paying for those expenses and the person died, um, but they, they just want to let it be. And that could be an opportunity too. Um, and I, and I saw that question down there about what about trust, you know, about, about probate, you know, it's really interesting, Chris, like trust properties present amazing opportunities too for investors. Why? Because if that person that owned like 10 properties in one trust and they leave, let's just say they leave Chris Craddock as the trustee and all of a sudden they die and there's 10 properties. And Chris is like, I got to manage all 10 properties. I got to do all these things. And you talk to the beneficiaries and they're like, yeah, we don't care. We don't want anything to do with this. What are you going to do with it, Chris? Are you going to keep it and keep managing it? No, you're going to find a way to liquidate the, the portfolio. So trust properties could be big, but trusts avoid probate, right? Generally, and I'm, I'm in Florida, so trusts avoid probate. But sometimes you find leads where the property's titled in a trust, but you can't find the trust, right? And where do you go? You can look on recorded documents like certificates of trust and abstracts of trust that kind of give you a shortened version that are recorded on title. These are golden nuggets in the event that you come across that lead and don't know where to go or how to find these things. So uh, lots of opportunities when it comes to this. Jeff, I think you had a couple questions. No, no, <laughs> sure. Um, Hey, Jeff. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Hey, I was telling Chris in the background that I'm just trying to catch up with where we're at here. And uh, then he just put me on the spot. So now I'm all all uh, all flushed. So all um, good. All good. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I'll I'll hit uh, I'll hit the questions I got. So. Um, all right. So people are finding uh, properties. Uh, Sydney's just asking, how, like, how do they how do they find these? I'll, I'll just say, I mean, you can uh, go to a company called PropStream. Uh, use the promo code Uncommon, and uh, they'll give you a discount on getting that data where you can pull that data. Um, yeah, Al, are you a probate attorney? Um, yes, in Florida, yeah. yeah, probate attorney in Florida. You got it. So, um, so, so here's the question, Al. Like, it, give us a couple examples of of murky title. And the kind of stuff that, that you would have to do in a probate situation. Because let, let's say these folks, let's say they're real estate agents that are are targeting probate. Or let's say they're investors that are targeting probate. And hopefully you're both. Be both. Um, but uh, uh, let's say you're both and you're targeting probate. But you, I mean, in probate, you're going to find hairy title all the time. Give us an example of a couple, like of a hairy title situation and what you, you do to solve that, how you solve that. And like what you should expect if you've never dealt with that kind of stuff before. 
Yeah. So I had a great deal that came up like about six months ago and I call it the commercial land steel deal where there's a piece of commercial property um, down in South Florida. Investor found it. It was about to go to a tax deed auction. Um, and they, they wanted to know, did we have the right people that we're talking to that we can go under contract with? So initially we're all looking at this property and the last deed was from like early 1990s. I mean, there was nothing else on title. And you and I both know, Chris, when we see like early 19. Um, or early 1900s, sorry, not even 1990s, early 1900s. When we're seeing that, we're thinking, whoa, like how many other title transfers happened in between then? So we had to dig deep and we saw one person that was on title said, uh, I don't know. First theme, we pull title, right? So how do you overcome these things? First, let's pull title. Let's go to the title company and get the title work first. Then we, we did that and found out there were eight people all on title and six of them were dead and two were alive. So the big point here is you had two that were alive. So they were able to get those two under contract. They locked them up. But then we had to solve the six people that were dead. Well, there were really old deaths. So we had to figure out uh, death certificates. How do you find them? Get with, get with private investigators or private um, or even though skip tracing companies to figure out where these things are. So we had to overcome finding all the death certificates and we got all of them. And then the next thing is we had to get with uh, the title company to make sure we could do this even if we had everything, right? So it's a lot of communication back and forth on how to overcome these deals. And so over, over six months, we were able to file in court, we filed all six probates. We had the contract. We, got, we had a spreadsheet of all the expenses that we had to do from the investor. And we were able to finally get that thing through, done, investor closed. And I think they had salvaged it for like $10,000 and um, they netted 200K. So we were able to communicate and talk to the sellers, right? Always asking questions and talking to these sellers really helps find out and pull out information we didn't know about. So we overcame that. And, you know, Chris, the one story that I have to say that I'm like most proud of um, is, is the recent one. I called it the checkmate where overcoming some, sometimes it's not overcoming title issues. Sometimes it's overcoming a seller's objection and overcoming a seller's objection on probate could mean one heir is saying no and five are saying yes. And we had a deal where we thought we were not going to get around that one heir that said no. I mean, there's mechanisms out there like partition and all of that, but it's expensive. So I came up with something and I asked the family, I said, I asked the key question about primary residence and whether it was the primary residence where mom lived. And they said no. And because of that, they were all ready to say, hey, mom didn't live there and reside there. What does that mean? And I said, you know what that means? Go back to the one that's saying no and tell him we're going to get around him and we're going to find a way to sell the property. The next day, he comes back and he signs the contract. And you know what? They're closing in a week. So Al, we, we have one question regarding, uh, you know, you mentioned going to the title company and, and figuring out, you know, what's what. What if, and, and I've actually run into this a couple of times, what if, um, what if the title company is closed and no longer in business? What, what's next? Um, I'd find a different title company. Um, well, I mean, I think that kind of depends on what's going on, right? Um, I mean, if the title company is done and closed, you just got to go to a different title company. There's plenty of title companies out there. and um, Depends on your state too. 
Okay, I get. I guess from my point of where where it was an issue for for myself is the question of ownership and title insurance. Apparently, the you know they they either didn't uh, purchase title insurance or the title insurance company was was now out of business, defunct. The title company in which it was purchased at was out of business and and defunct. So, you know, we had to go through a whole process to you know it, it certainly took a little bit longer to close the sale. Um, is there any standard procedures that can be done in situations like those? Yeah, I think the one word that's coming to my mind is like is quiet title when you get those when you get those deals that come up where there was a title defect back way back when now you got title to the property and now you want to try to sell it to Chris but but Chris's title company is saying, whoa whoa whoa, we can't do anything except for a quiet title. There's sometimes mechanisms out there that can overcome those issues, but it even takes communication now with the new title company if that option is available. So um, all, all options are on the table. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, we, ha- we have another question, just changing direction, direction slightly. Um, if, if you're a real estate agent, such as myself, and I want to connect with a probate attorney, What's the best way to start that conversation to partner with them? You know, it's a great question. And it's come up actually recently on, on so many of the Zooms and, uh, and, and podcasts I've been on, you know, in your state, wherever you are. So let's just say it's not Florida, but it's like another state, right? You're thinking to yourself, I need to find somebody that gets it, right? And how do you find somebody that gets it? An attorney that's working like 70% or more with investors. Why? Because now they're thinking like investors, right? You got to work with people that think alike, right? And so work with attorneys that have that kind of uh, system. Also, work with attorneys that don't just dabble in probate, right? So like Chris, I was talking about in the beginning of my story with getting into probate, I was dabbling in it. Now I'm like, you know, super, super deep in. Right. So you got to find somebody that's actually doing it um, in your realm because then they're going to know what's going on. But also, here's the other thing, Jeff. Working with an attorney that does both probate and title is actually really key, because if you just work with somebody that just thinks probate, what happens when they're only thinking probate, but it's not accomplishing getting the deal closed? So, right, my process, my mindset, and, and you're, you just look for this. My mindset is not just starting the deal, but closing the deal. So Chris brings a probate. I'm not thinking of Chris's probate as, oh, moving the title over and that's it. I'm thinking, how do we sign docs and close out this deal and checks are cut? What does that process look like? So find that person. Find an attorney in your state that does that. Awesome. Okay. So there are so many questions here. Let's, let's answer the, just this one last easy one. And how about this? Maybe Al, I sent you the link to sign up. Why don't you re-sign up for next month? Let's have you back for a, another round next month. Cause uh, I think a lot of people are asking a lot of questions here and I, I didn't even get through half of the questions I have written down. So um, how do you know if, if an attorney focuses on investors? How, how do you know that? Let's, let's do that as the final question here. Super simple. Call them, talk to them, set up a meeting with them. I mean, a lot of this business is communication, sitting down and finding out what people do, um, you know, whether it's finding out what Chris does, finding out what I do. It's, it's simply seeing where everybody's at in their processes. So, you know, if, and guess what? If you call them, they don't call you back. Guess what we call that? Not a fit. 
right? You want to work with people that are on your speed and how you work. So if they get back with you and they email with you, set up a Zoom, see how friendly they are, see, see, see their mindset. It's either going to work or it doesn't work. And that's how you go after it. Just really good communication. So you're saying you actually have to actually do some work to be able to make this work? Shocker. Yeah. Hey, here's one of my favorite jokes. How do you make a real estate agent stop working? How's that? Put a phone in front of them. Oh, boom, burn. All right. <laughs> All right. Jeff, why don't you take us home and Al, we'll, we'll bring you back next month. I'm excited, Chris. I love that. I'm, I'm in. Absolutely. Sounds good. Hey, before we jump off though, uh, Al, how can people get in touch with you if they just can't wait till next month? Definitely. So take my number 904-999-0053. And if you call, leave a voicemail. So I know that you're calling what, what it is. Um, also, you can email me al at alnicoletti.com, www.alnicoletti.com. Awesome. Sounds good, friends. Hey, you can catch Chris or I in the Uncommon Real Estate Facebook group. You can also catch Chris on Instagram at cradrock. Uh, you can catch myself on Instagram at Jeff Safright. This does conclude another episode of your Uncommon Lunchbox. Uh, we're going to be taking a break next week, so you won't catch us next week on the uh, on the live uh, Zoom podcast or the live Zoom meetings here. But uh, we'll be back the, the following week. Looking forward to being with you. Until then, continue crushing it. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com. 